This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 331. So today we're going to dive into and confront the fact that often it is our own block, our own mindset, and stories that we're telling ourselves about our identity that get in the way of us fully engaging, inviting others to work with us in sinking into the sales part of being a coach. And that's what my guest, Mina Adnani, is going to be sharing with us today as we talk about how do I develop a magnetic mindset. Join us. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, Star Coaches. Welcome to the show. It's fabulous to have you here. And we're diving into something today that each and every one of us should do an inventory on occasionally. What are the stories that we're telling ourselves about engaging around the sales process? How does our identity wrap into that? What's our belief about integrity and sales? All those aspects are going to come together as we're talking with our guest today about being magnetic in our mindset rather than pushing away the concept of sales and engaging with others to work with us. So welcome to the show. If it's your first time or if you've yet to meet me, I'm Meg Rentschler. I'm an executive and mentor coach who absolutely believes that coaching, the ability to listen deeply to one another, care about what each person is bringing forward, and really help them bring their best forward, is something that could change the world. And because of that, I devote a lot of my time and energy into helping coaches learn how to coach, learn how to build thriving businesses so that they can get out there and do what they're passionate about and the world can become a better place. And through that, I also believe that leaders can lead differently when they use coaching as their leadership style. So I go into companies and help leaders understand what are the concepts of using coaching techniques and strategies to be better leaders. Now, when we're diving into our topic today with my guest, Mina Adnani, we're going to be talking about how do we get in our own way by getting wrapped around the concept of, you know, who am I to ask people to work with me or to charge for my services or when we step into that sales conversation, maybe we freeze up. So that's one element that Mina is going to do a beautiful job uh, challenging us about and giving us new information. One of the other things that sometimes gets in the way of feeling confident in stepping into a coaching conversation 
is whether we are continuing to build our skills, build our confidence through being tapped into the core elements of coaching. And through that, mentoring is often a real gift to help us build our muscles, build our skill set as coaches. So I want to let you know that I have set the dates for the rest of 2023. We'll have two more mentor cycles offered um, for a maximum of 20 coaches. So 10 coaches per uh, program. If you want to know more about working with me, about building your skills as or through the mentoring program, and really upping your game as well as earning your requirements for recredentialing, go to starcoachshow.com slash mentor. That's starcoachshow.com slash M-E-N-T-O-R and explore the final two programs of the year. I'd love to work with you if that's something that is a fit for you. Now let's go to today's topic. As I shared, we are diving into mindset and how we engage with our own prosperity and our own ability to thrive as business owners, because part of that is that we've got to invite people into a relationship, a money exchange relationship with us. And I have the perfect guest for us to talk about that today. Mina Adnani is a business and self-empowerment coach for female entrepreneurs. Although, gentlemen, do not turn it off. You are going to learn so much from Mina. She qualified as a solicitor in England and as an attorney in New York. And after several years of practicing law, she started taking on senior leadership positions in multinational companies overseeing their business development, their sales and marketing, once again, making her a perfect fit to talk about what we're going to talk about today. In 2016, Mina went from multiple six figures to zero goose egg, nothing in her bank account due to a huge financial loss. However, within two years, she rebuilt herself and surpassed seven figures. So since then, Mina has been mentoring women to start and scale their own online businesses so that they can get to multiple six figures and therefore create time and financial freedom for themselves. So she's going to step into exploring so many things around our identity, around our mindset, around what we view as living in integrity. So I can't wait to share this interview with you. Let's go ahead and go to my interview with Mina Adnani. Mina, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Meg. Well, I'm so excited to be here. We're several hours apart in our time zones. And we were bound and determined to make this happen, even through hiccups in the scheduling. And I'm just so delighted that we're actually able to spend time. It's early here, lots of sun coming through my Texas skies, but it's 
quite late where you are. Yeah, it's 10 p.m. where I am. That's the beauty. I think that's the beauty about the time we are living in now, because it doesn't matter which part of the world you're in. You can still have a connection. You can still have a conversation very different from what it was like in our parents' generation. Exactly, exactly. Even when I first started my business in 1990, I was a psychotherapist. And, you know, I didn't, there weren't things like getting people's email addresses or, I mean, everything was paper and face-to-face, right? <laughs> and, you couldn't do any consulting online, right? None. Exactly. None. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what a difference the world has become, which yeah. allows us to get into this great conversation today about the reality that we want to be able to do what we love and make a living doing it. We want to be able to make money, think about the impact that we're having. And there's there's a mindset that comes to that. Many of us have maybe a not the healthiest relationship with money when it comes to our minds and the way we think about it and the stories we tell ourselves. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So when we think about, yeah. And I think for so many, in my experience in the past 15 years, working with coaches who are many times transitioning from a salaried position, a leadership position in many cases, and scariness of giving up that income to become an entrepreneur. And yet that passion and that drive to have their own, build their own thing. And then our mind can get in the way and create all this like mess around, am I able to do this? And what is it going to look like? And no, I'm never going to, I'm never going to X, Y, and Z. So we're going to debunk all that today and talk about our self-leadership in this aspect, where would you like to begin? I really find that it's really interesting. We scheduled this call a while ago, and we are actually having this call today after having two calls that we had to postpone. And interestingly, the call we're having today is right after one of my group coaching sessions where we talked about sales strategy and mindset around scarcity and money. And so I think it's very, very interesting we're having this conversation. And I think we could address it more from the perspective of what you mentioned about, you know, maybe leaving corporate, starting your own business, and then having a a conversation either with a potential client or wanting to find a way to be able to get a return on investment of your services. I think first and foremost, when it comes to especially when we're talking about a mindset of scarcity or fear or abundance. I find that the first thing that we need to uncover is identity, identity around money, identity around what we do. If we have grown up or when, or if we went to university learning a certain uh, discipline, whether we are qualified as a, you know, a lawyer or a doctor or something, and then suddenly you come into the online space and you are providing services, which is not at all, doesn't have any connection to do with what you qualified as. A lot of people find that, how can I charge for this? Because they find that it's my passion and they kind of self-disqualify where, oh, I'm not qualified enough to be teaching people around a certain topic. 
And I understand that you need a certain runway or quote unquote qualification experience, but a lot of people I know, they've either been really good at being able to get results for themselves, or they've been able to get results for other people, but yet there is this fear around, mm -hmm. can I make this money? Can I charge people? Because this is not what I was trained right. in. And I think it's a lot has to do with conditioning because I've been conditioned for 30, 40 years to only be making money doing certain thing. How can I be making money around something else? Something else. And I think there is also a second one, which is the conditioning of, you know, maybe we have this belief, subconscious belief that I have to struggle to make money and how hard, and why is it that it would be easy for me to make money doing what I love? Why would it right. be easy? Yeah, and so there when is a, almost and like it can't be easy. Like there's something wrong yes. with it being easy. And that transferable skills that you were talking about in that, you know, if for, 30 years I've been in, let's say, human resource, you know, uh, leadership. And now I decide I'm going to coach. And it's like, yeah, but I now that's all brand new. It's almost like the mindset says, okay, now I've got a clean slate and I'm back to square one. And it's like, well, what have you done for all those years as an HR professional, as a lawyer, as a doctor, as a, yeah. as a, sales professional, whatever it is that you've done that is very transferable. To, but now all of a sudden, our mind tells us, oh, but it doesn't count anymore. Exactly. Like myself, I qualified as a lawyer. I qualified as a lawyer in the UK and in New York as an attorney. And when I coach my clients, I realize how beneficial it is to have this legal background and experience. Like, for example, lawyers are very analytical. So I can really give advice for people to grow their businesses not based on uh, a feeling but based on based on facts you know mm -hmm. and then being able to look at things from an objective standpoint instead of just subjectively looking at it from my perspective but seeing it from the client's perspective what exactly uh, they're going through what exactly is the challenge versus me making assumptions about i think what i think the challenges are and of course i didn't jump straight from legal to um being a business coach, I learned, uh, I, I, I oversaw marketing and business development for 20 years before I started becoming um, a business coach. And that has really helped me be able to understand what are the different ways of making money, what it is that's stopping people from making money, and where exactly is the, the bottleneck that is preventing for a business to scale or to grow. Excellent. So, when we think about, so you've, you've sort of looked at some of the things that might get in the way about qualifications or about us, us having the nerve to charge for something that we're passionate about. And I often say, and I know that many of the audience will probably have heard me say before, if you have to make a living doing something else so that you, you know, because you don't want to, you don't believe you should charge for coaching then how are you getting your impact into the world? Because we need to make money and we need to be able to have food on our table and roof over our heads and all those kinds of things. So if you're spending all your energy and your focus on something that you believe is okay to charge for, what are you going to have left over for this passion that people need? And people need what you're bringing into the world. So how does that compute? Exactly. And also, 
I think that lack of understanding that when you are a coach, there is a lot of misconception about sales, you know, and because in any industry, there are people who are acting in integrity or out of integrity. And because there are some people acting out of integrity, so people who are in line with integrity get very nervous about having a sales conversation, being scared to talk about it because they're scared it'll be seen as pushy. It'll be scared as if people will judge them or people will not trust them without them understanding that part of the sales strategy is you serving people. When you are serving people, you are showing your love for people. And if you have a solution to a problem that people are struggling with, then why is it that you being able to position yourself as someone who can add value or help them get from where they are to their desired outcome? Why is it that it's a bad thing for you to be talking about your services, you know? And just also being upfront, I think there are a lot of do's and don'ts. For example, if you're a coach and you want to have a sales conversation with people, don't tell people that let's have a conversation or a coffee chat and then sell them something because then it's something that people are not expecting and it's right. being dishonest, right? But if you are someone who are offering a discovery call and you're offering a strategy call, there is nothing wrong with you being upfront about it because it's only people who are interested in having that call with you that will schedule that call with you. So right. where is discomfort and where is that feeling like, oh, I'm a bit nervous about it or I don't want to have this conversation when people are actually expecting you to have that conversation? They've actually signed up to have that conversation yes. with you. Yes. So I yes. think you said a couple things um, there that I really want to highlight. First of all, when you have a solution or a process, a a way to get people from where they are to where they want to be. Who doesn't want that? I mean, you don't have to apologize for having that. But okay. as you enter into those discovery calls that people are coming to because they know it's a discovery call, we're going to explore what your needs are. And if we feel like it's a match, I'm going to ask you if you want to work with me. That's, that's what a discovery call is all about. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about the mindset that we can go into those calls with and how to be magnetic in those kinds of conversations. Yeah, which is exactly the topic I covered today, which is magnetic sales strategy. So I broke it down into three different phases. The first phase is the pre-call. A lot of people assume that when you get on a call, your sales conversation starts on that call, but actually it doesn't. Your sales starts way before the call. And you got to ask yourself, what have you done to build your own personal brand? You know, I break it down. I talk about success as three different pillars. One is mindset. Second is marketing. And third is money. Our money beliefs and our relationship with money. So when it comes to you building your personal brand, you got to ask yourself, have you demonstrated enough of an expertise online? Have you demonstrated that you are the go-to person or the expert in a certain field? And have you been able to back up whatever you're saying? So content, not just around education, but content around the results you've been able to get for yourself, the results you've been able to get for other people, and really being able to advise on certain things that people can read and go, oh my God, these are actionable tips. I can actually go and implement them in my life. 
a lot of people are scared to be sharing. They're like, oh, I don't want to overshare because I'm giving away value. Look, that's a scarcity mindset. If you are giving value, money is just an exchange of energy. If you're giving value, you're going to be attracting value, which is money, you know? So there shouldn't be any fear around I'm giving away too much. So starting that runway way before having that conversation. The second stage is that conversation, the call. As we were mentioning earlier, when we have that call, there shouldn't be this mental block of it feels icky. What if the person feels bad that I'm sharing, you know, if I'm selling? Look, the person scheduled a call expecting to be pitched to. Of course, don't spend the first 45 minutes pitching, but at least ask for permission before you, you pitch towards the end of the call or when you get on the call. Tell them that, hey, I'm happy to have this conversation with you, but at the end, would you, would, you be, would you want to know the different ways you could work with me? There is nothing wrong in sharing what you do because ultimately there has to be a balance between, oh, this is really icky and I'm pushy. There has to be something in between, you know? The in-between is being very honest, being aligned with who you are as a person, your integrity, and sharing what it is that you do, asking for permission. People are more than happy to know what you do if they've scheduled the call and you've asked them for the permission and they know very well that you are an expert on a in a certain field. So before you convince others about you being an expert, are you convinced you're an expert? Because if you're not, it is going to show. And the third stage, I think, where people usually lose out on opportunities is after the call, the follow-up. People tend to go like, oh, that client didn't want to sign with me. Oh my God. It's like, oh, I want to drop this hot potato right now because it felt really wrong. No, you got to understand an objection is not a no. It could be a not yet. You know, it mm -hmm. could be it's not the right time. So instead of you taking an objection personally, maybe take it at a way, oh, how could I actually tweak my offer better? How could I have a better conversation? How can I use this conversation and create content around it, for example, you know, so many things that you could do to help you instead of taking it personally. And then, of course, following up. I've had clients who work with me after having followed me for one year. So you got to like really understand that success is not overnight and you can't expect short-term results. I love that. And so the other thing I want for all of you who get sort of caught up in that oh, how can I ask for them to work with me? How, how can I tell them what my packages are or whatever? Like if that's where you get your tongue tied, I just want you to put yourself for a minute mentally into a conversation that you've had where you've reached out to a service professional because you need whatever it is that they have to offer. And if you, they had gone through that conversation with you and then never let you know how you could work with them, how frustrating would that be? So sometimes I think we have to like shift the perspective to yeah. if I'm in that person's chair and I'm waiting for to understand what it would be, what the steps would be to work with me, and I'm never telling them what the steps are to work with me, that would be yeah. a little frustrating. What are your thoughts about that? I completely agree. You know, I think when it comes to us being able to provide services, we have to put ourselves in the also in the position of a buyer because we've been a buyer before. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, if you've been a buyer before, you got to put yourself in the position of a buyer, understand what were the challenges you had before, what were the fears you had before, and what were the things you wanted to know that you didn't know. That's why you're 
ended up agreeing to have a call. Even if right. you've, you've never worked with a coach, think of any other services, you know, mm-hmm. that you have needed before, whether it is a social media manager, whether it is an accountant, whoever it is, if you don't know what is the value they can add to your business, if you don't know how much they charge, would you feel it's a bit strange that the person doesn't share it with you, regardless of having that call? If you think about it, it's weird. And you think like, okay, maybe they're not confident about their services. So maybe they're not the right person. You got to really think about it that way as well. That's such a good point. So one of the things that we had talked about sharing today is that we all need to kind of take radical ownership of the part we play in how our business is growing, how we are showing up in these calls, or just in general, what is it that we need to own regarding our relationship with our business? And and where would we like to go with that? I love that. I mean, uh, I just very quickly, I'll tell people a little bit about my story. And I, you know, my story, I went from a corporate executive, a very successful corporate executive, making multiple six figures, losing it all overnight. And then I went to zero and then made seven figures in two years when I started coaching. Now, talking about radical ownership, when I lost that finances, I had given the responsibility to someone else to manage my finances. And of course, there was a lot of, invo- a lot of things involved. There was betrayal of trust. There was many, many things involved. Now, I could continue staying in that cycle or vicious cycle, anger, frustration, hurt, betrayal, all of that for as long as I wanted for the rest of my life. But ultimately, I needed to take ownership of why it got to that stage. What part did I play in allowing that to happen? Because ultimately, this may not occur to a lot of people, but when something happens in our life that seems to be outside our control, somehow, somewhere, there is a part we played in it. It's a very bitter pill to to swallow. It's very hard to accept, but it's the truth. Every single one of us create or co-create the destiny that we have. And so, The reason I'm sharing this is not for us to play the blame game or blame yourself. It's more about, as you said, radical ownership, taking responsibility and say, what part did I play in this? So in my case- What can I learn from it, right? Exactly. So one of the things I learned was like, okay, the part I played is I gave that responsibility to manage my finances to someone else that asked myself why. Because I somehow subconsciously believed that I was not good with money. And unfortunately, this is something a lot of women struggle with. I'm not good with money and it's so subconscious. And when I was able to, and it's such a gift to be able to take ownership because when you take ownership, you suddenly shed light on things that were very subconscious and subtle. Mm -hmm. And when, instead of constantly judging yourself and calling yourself a failure again and again and again, which does not lead to anything, But looking at it from a very curious perspective and say, what part did I play in it? And then becoming aware of my subconscious beliefs around money, healing from that trauma, being able to shift that story, and then making a decision, what is the life I want to live? This is something a lot of people 
think is very vague. Oh, I can have my dream life. I can create a vision for my life. I will create a vision board. Yes, you can do all of that. I manifesting is real. You can create all of that. But there are many pieces to this puzzle. You can't just create a vision board and keep looking at every day and assume that it'll fall on your lap. There are many different things that come into this. First and foremost, taking responsibility for your own healing. I think this is something not discussed at all in businesses. There is such a strong relationship between healing and financial success or success because when we are carrying negative energy, trauma, hurt, we are constantly recreating a past into our future. And when we don't take responsibility for our past and we don't change our story but our past, we will constantly create the same story in the future. So taking that responsibility to heal. And the other aspect of manifesting is, of, of course, taking action, really thinking about what are the things I need to do in order for me to be able to create this vision. So taking radical ownership 100% is very important. It's not just about your self-healing. It's not just about sitting and creating a vision board. It's also thinking about how I can take action in order for me to achieve my goals. So important. And those patterns do repeat themselves if we're not willing to kind of take an inventory and look at what's really happening and looking at, at the ways that we engage, not like you said, to beat ourselves up, but to like open up our awareness about that. That's yes. what we do as coaches. We help others evoke awareness. Yeah. Well, we need to be able to do that deep look inside to evoke our own awareness. So, and I think that concept you know, men might struggle with money as well. I certainly know from my years as a therapist that there's lots of, of struggle out there with money. But the the message I think sometimes women are given that, you know, women, you don't need the money or you, whatever. There's a gender thing around that money concept as well that I think we just need to be aware of if we're carrying that. Agree 100%. I think it's a lot when our relationship with money was determined when we were kids, you know, mm -hmm. between the time we were in our mother's womb in the third trimester and until the age of seven, our brain doesn't have a mind and everything that we have in terms of our beliefs has been shaped by our five senses. Everything we pick up from our external world really shapes the beliefs we have. So when we hear people talking about money or our parents telling us things about, you know, rich people, for example, rich people mm -hmm. are unkind people, or it's very hard to make money or money doesn't grow on trees, whatever it is that you, the beliefs that we carry, when we become adults, we don't question these beliefs, but these beliefs actually run us. And so when we are not aware and we don't raise our awareness, we don't shed the light onto our own beliefs and say, how do I change this? Because everything that we are today, right here, right now, our present is determined by our past beliefs. And anything that we are going to be in our future is determined by present beliefs. So becoming aware of these beliefs and changing the beliefs is highly important for us to be able to create success. Love that. And so we go back to the concept of being magnetic in our sales conversations. If we have mindset issues that are getting in the way, that energy is going to get picked up on, on in the session. As you said earlier, that lack of confidence and just saying, here, this is what the investment is to work with me. And yeah. here's the results that I 
get with my clients. But you also said in our pre-interview, the concept of we really need to live what we say. And I think that that also shows up sort of in our calls and things like that. So what are your thoughts around, you know, really living what we say? Yeah. Embodying everything that you, you talk about. So first and foremost, your beliefs. You can't say that I believe in abundance when you actually have a scarcity mindset, for example, right? Because we attract who we are, not what we want. So you could tell people that you have an abundance mindset, but if it doesn't reflect in your thought and your behavior, you're just going to attract more scarcity into your life. That's one thing. And the second thing is when it comes to you being able to create results for your clients, I see there is a good and a bad that the coaching industry is not regulated. The, the, the downside is I see so many people making claims about being able to help people make six figures or seven figures when they haven't been able to achieve those results themselves. And so this is the one thing that I question. And I say, if you haven't achieved those results, how is it that you can promise someone else to achieve those results for them? And maybe you've helped one client achieve that result that I understand, then you are actually someone who can help create those results. But if you haven't created those results, you can't make a promise because now I see a lot of people writing this sales script, would you like to make six figures in your business? And then when you turn around and ask them and say, have you made those six figures? Because if you haven't, why are you telling me that you can help me make the six figures, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think just embodying that is very important. It needs to be a fundamental part of your personal brand because when you create your personal brand, you create trust. So as I was saying earlier, you know, your pre-sales, this is your pre-sales, you warm people up through your content. And when through your content, people find that you're not transparent or people find that there is a lack of trust in you, then there is a very low chance of you being able to convert any client on a call. So really making sure that you are somebody who embodies what you talk about, embodies what you teach is going to help you get the results you want because then you are showing that everything is aligned. What you say, what you believe in, your actions, everything is aligned. And people know that. People can tell if you're in alignment because that is magnetic. You being in alignment, you being in full integrity and being authentic and genuine about who you are, that all those things are magnetic your potential client might not be able to put their finger on what's making them uncomfortable, but they will feel if you're out of integrity, they will feel it. Yeah. It's always great to speak. If you're having discovery calls or speaking to people, it's always great to find out from people, you know, how they found you or why they're having this conversation with you. And I learned so much from these conversations because a lot of times when people reach out to me on DMs, these are people who I, who have never engaged with my content. These are people who've never even liked my content. I didn't even know about them. I've never seen their posts. And when they reach out to you and, you know, when I have a conversation with them, it's very interesting to understand how they found you what, what they've been observing, because you may write content and have your own perspective, but then when you find out from their perspective, it's very interesting, simple things that they tell you, you're like, wow, I never thought about that, you know, like how they think, okay, I find you very approachable because of the way you write your content. I find these are the things I can pick up from your content. And energy doesn't lie. And energy is something that can even be felt 
through written word, you know? And so paying attention to that is very, very important. Very important. Well, as we are beginning to run out of time, I'm wondering if when we think about scarcity mindset, abundant mindset, magnetic sales, if there's anything that is top of mind for you that you want to be sure we put on the table before we wrap up our time together. I think one of the things I've been very uh, passionate about is helping women build wealth, which is what I do. And what I find we don't talk enough about when it comes to building wealth is that either we, there is two aspects of it, the masculine and the feminine energy, you know, the masculine energy is the go-getter, the strategic and being able to come up with plans. And then the feminine energy is more the creative, the ability to trust, the ability to receive, you know. And I find that as women, we tend to not learn how to balance these two energies. I find there are a lot of spiritual coaches. People are very spiritual. They're so good at what they do but they don't understand anything about structure, systems, business. And so as a result of that, they're not able to create the success that they want. And then on the flip side, you find women who have been in corporate or women who felt like they've needed to be like the man in order for them to succeed. And they feel that they can't really put themselves in a place where they can be more intuitive and creative only because they need to be going, going, going all the time. And you will end up being burnt out if you don't learn how to be able to balance the two. So I think the one thing that I would want to uh, talk about is getting people to understand that in order for you to success, succeed, you need a combination of those two. You need to be able to be creative, intuitive, self-care, especially if you're a coach and a solopreneur, because your business obviously relies on you. And you got to make sure you, you got to make sure you understand success is a marathon, not a sprint. You're in in the long game, so you got to make sure you take care of yourself so that you last. But at the same time, don't try to wing it. Learn that you have to create structures. You have to have the right strategy. You have to have systems in place in order for you to create the success that you want. Love that. So as we wrap up our time together, if people want to learn more about you, we'll have links for that in the show notes. But how would you like people to connect with you? Well, I am on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is Mina Adnani. Uh, you can contact me via email as well on strong, uh, Mina at strongandshine.com. My website is strongandshine.com. And I'm on Instagram as Mina Adnani. I just started my TikTok as Mina Adnani. So I'm in quite a few places now. Yes, you are. And we will have links for all of those because I know that you do great work and, and people you. are going to want to know more about what you do. So thank you so much for bringing your expertise to the show today and sharing it with the Star Coaches. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure, Meg. So there you have it, another expert bringing forward some great food for thought, some actionable things that I hope you begin to put in place immediately so that you have a more magnetic mindset around the business that you want to create for yourself. If you'd like to know more about Mina and the work she does, go to starcoachshow.com slash 331. 
starcoachshow.com slash 331 to grab the links and learn more about Mina. In addition to that, if you are interested in exploring mentoring, there is a link for that in the show notes as well, as well as the Star Coach community where my conversation with Mina continues. Next week, I'm coming at you again in a solo episode, so I look forward to spending time one-on-one with you next week. And until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for whatever you endeavor to do over this next week. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of The Star Coach Show.